0: Hello everyone, Pastor Marco here. Just want to welcome you to our podcast. We're glad to be able to share God's word with you. Want to let you know that we have a brand new website, newlifesouthcoast.com. It's a great place to stay connected and involved in the life of the church. Listen, if you live in the area, come check out one of our Sunday morning services, 930 or 1130. It's a powerful time and we also have kids ministry for all ages. I believe this message is going to encourage you and challenge you today, but also make sure you share it with a friend who needs to hear the word of God blessings. We're glad you're here. I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to continue what we started last week. If you missed last week, we talked about the first part of this, of this verse. Jesus said, come follow me. He didn't say come to a church building. He didn't say come to a religion. He said, come follow me. Um, and, and, and then the second part is what we're going to focus on today. Matthew 4.19 says... Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Come follow me, because I have a mission for you. Come follow me, because this is bigger than yourself. Remember, a rabbi picks a student that he believes can do what he does. Can you say amen? Amen. So if you missed last week, I encourage you to go listen to it on our podcast, or you can watch it on YouTube channel. Uh, But there is a calling, and then there's a mission with the calling. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, one of the things that, uh, everything that's going on in our world, one of the things that he reveals to us is how humanity is meant to live. Have you noticed how quickly we are to help others in need when these moments happen? It's been awesome to see the response of people everywhere, responding to Houston, responding to Florida, responding to what's going on in our world. Why? Because I believe God created us with that desire to be a blessing in other people's lives. I think it's an automatic thing for us that when we see danger, when we see someone in danger, we want to help, right? We we don't want to look the other way. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to just uh, pretend we want to do something. And, And some of you guys, you, you went to the police headquarters and you donated something because you felt like an obligation that I need to do something. Can you say amen? I believe it's built in us to help people. It's built in us to be a blessing that when we're not doing that, we're actually not living the way God calls us to live. Like one of the worst things that happens to humanity is when we become about ourselves. Like we turn on ourselves and we make life about ourselves, right? If you follow the Bible narrative, it's what happened with the first people that God, that God said, I'm going to use you. The Israelites, they turned on themselves. When they turned on themselves, they lost the mission, which was to rescue the world. They were, they were supposed to be a blessing to everybody else. God said to the first man that he set apart, Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. But what happens is over time they end up focusing on themselves, and the more we focus inwardly, the more we lose the outward expression of God's will for our lives. Right? This is why the Bible goes on to say it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because when you're giving, you will receive. Like God is faithful to always take care of those who are looking out for others. Can you say Amen? This is why He said, "Love your neighbor as you love your, Self. as you love yourself." It's it's in us to want to bless people, but right? and it, and it's it, it's. It's not God's will for us to turn life about ourselves. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, one of, one of the saddest things I hear sometimes when people are looking for a church, they're like, I, this is what I want in a church. It's like, wait, what happened to God's plan for his church? Yeah. What happened to the greater mission that he has for his church as opposed to just what you want for the church? Come on, talk to me. Why? Right? Why? Because we turn it about us. I want this style of music, I don't like rap, I don't like rap. It's not about styles, it's about the mission. Come on, are you following? It's about the greater mission that God brings us together to fulfill, not about what I can get out of it. Because the more I make it about me, have you noticed, the more miserable we are. What's one of the greatest philosophy that's heard in our world right now is, do me. Have you noticed, the more we do us, the more miserable we become. I don't believe we have drug addicts because they set out to be drug addicts. We have drug addicts because they turn life on themselves. We have alcohols. We turn turn life on themselves. We have selfish people because they made lives about themselves. And then tragedy hits. It wakes us up to what we're all about. We're about being a blessing. We're about reaching. We're about blessing people and, and, and making sure that other people are being taken care of. That's the goal. Right? So when he said, come follow me, he said, come look how high do it. Because you can do the same thing. Right? He didn't say, come follow me, I'll give you goosebumps. Come follow me and I'll make you feel good about yourself one day a week. No, he said, come follow me and then I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Why does he say that? Because they're fishermen. He said, no, listen, when you're following me, you're, what you do for a living is, it has a bigger why than just making money. Okay. When you're following me, even though you fish for a living, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people because making money is the what? Reaching people is the why. Right? That's the key of following Jesus. He gives you a greater purpose than just making money and paying bills and, 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 and then just do me. No, he says, no, I want to I make you part of the greatest rescue mission that you've ever seen. See, all the stuff you were seeing right now with Houston and Florida, those are great things that people are doing. But the greatest rescue mission happened when Jesus came. Like Jesus came to rescue and save humanity. Like Jesus went on a limb and gave his life. John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son the whosoever. Have you ever thought about that word, whosoever? Jesus went on a limb for whosoever's, Like whoever would believe me, whoever would come to me, I will give him life, he says. Right? And then he says, once you do that, now you become part of the rescue mission. Why? Because there's no way if right now you were in Houston or Florida and you see people struggling to, to, to try to get in the boat. You don't just go, hey, God bless. I hope you make it. No, what do you do? You want to help. You want to rescue, right? And that's, and that's a physical help. But the Bible says our greatest tragedy is spiritual. We all have fallen short of God's will. We all have drifted. We all have gone away. Jesus comes to say, no, there's a rescue mission happening, and I'm going to include everyone on this rescue mission. That would say, if you can follow me, I will teach you how to fish for people. In other words, if you can follow me, you will have a greater calling than just a paycheck at the end of Friday, when you're following Jesus, there's a greater mission going on, right? No matter where you are in life right now, you're there for a reason. If God is sovereign, you're not there by accident. You're not there by mistake. If God is sovereign like we believe he is, right, that we don't understand everything about what he's doing, but we understand that he He's sovereign, like he's in control, like he's got a purpose and a plan. So if that's true, when he says, come follow me and I'll teach you how to fish for people, he's saying, come follow me. And whatever you're doing right now, we're going to use it for greater good yeah. to reach people. This is why one of the greatest tragedies when you hear people say, ah, I can't wait to move. Like there's seasons, but you are where you are for a reason. You live where you live for a reason. You go to work where you work for a reason. Like you, you, your world is where Jesus wants to reach Did you know this? That you have a world. When he told the disciples to go, you know what he said? He didn't say, hey, go on a mission trip across the world. He said, now go to Jerusalem. That's your world. Did you know all of us have an immediate world? Right now, you have an immediate world. There's about 8 to 15 people that you interact with on every single week. If you're paying attention, those people are there for a reason. They're there for a purpose. Now, when we're not living on purpose, people are a burden. When we're not living on purpose, people are to be avoided. But when you're living on purpose, people are there for a specific reason. That I may not understand everything, but I just know if God is sovereign, he put us in on our path for a reason, and for a purpose that's greater than myself. And so when I'm following Jesus, I live on mission. There's 8 to 15 people every day that you mingle with. And Jesus is saying, I put you there to fish for people. In other words, to bless people, to reach people, right? To be, to be a voice of reason, to be a voice of grace, to be a voice of compassion and love and understanding that there is a God and he's still working and he's still moving and he's still alive and well. How do I know? Because he's working on me and he wants to work on you through me. Amen. Can you say amen? That's the beauty of this thing. Right? Please write this down. You have a higher calling than what you do for a living. Making money is the what? Reaching people is the why. Have you noticed some people make a lot of money, but they don't have a clear why? So they're miserable, even though they have a lot of money. Have you noticed some people are poor and they're miserable? (laughs) Yeah, you just think it's rich people. No, there are some miserable poor people. And there's some miserable rich people. But then there's some happy rich people. And there's some really happy poor people. It's all about perspective and what your why, what it comes down to. Because if you're waiting for something to happen, then you'll never be happy because you don't know your full why. Some married people are miserable. Some single people are miserable. Some married people wish they were single. Some single people wish they were married. It's all about do we have a clear why, where we are in life right now at this moment. Because there's always something we're waiting to happen as opposed to, What's already happened? Oh, that will preach. Yeah. Right? It's always about where I'm going as opposed to where I am. Because it's where I am that leads me to where I'm going. But if I'm always focused about where I'm going, I'll never be able to get there because I never did anything about where I am in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of this. He said, I'm giving you a higher calling. In church, can we be real for a second? Is there a greater calling in life than to be on mission? For things that are eternal. Like is there ever a greater calling. I know the enemy does a great job. Of making us focus on the small things. The dumb things. Right. As opposed to the greater. Like can you. I pray you get this. I've been praying for this. Oh we I pray we get. Like we get to be part of God's plan. On earth. Like that's my. Like tell me something greater than that. You get. To be part of God's plan of redemption. To reach people. Because I think one of the things we, creation is showing us. This is not home. Amen. Not paying attention. Like all oh, this is a science. And I'm not talking about doomsday. You know. <laughs> prepping. Let's go home and you know. stop. you know. digging the basement and putting food. <laughs> Please. I, I hope you understand. That's not what I'm talking about. It's talking about something greater than that. He said it's groanings because there's something better coming, right? That's the goal. The goal is, man, can I be part of God's purpose for the universe, right? That I'm not just a person. No, I am part of God's purpose. See, when you are are living in tune with Jesus, you're not just a teacher. You're a teacher that fishes for people. See, if our teachers could get that, our education system would flip, can you imagine if teachers went to work every day and says, I'm here to be the best blessing to my students every single day. Like, I'm here to just equip them and bless them. Instead of looking forward to Fridays. Our education system, one of the reasons why it stinks is because we don't have teachers. We have a calling. You have to have a calling to help people. Like some of the worst social workers you will ever meet don't care for people. I worked in a social work system. I know it. That's why we medicate kids as opposed to helping them. Easy fix. They're just trying to fix you as opposed to help you. I was a high school teacher for over 10 years. You think kids don't understand when you care about them? They're smarter than we give them credit. They know who's there for the paycheck, and they know who's there for a calling. And I believe this. You're not just whatever, fill in the blank. You have a calling when you're following Jesus. You have a calling as a mechanic. You have a calling. That's why I love the video that we made. You have a calling as a barbershop. You know the greatest ministry is a barbershop? You got someone sitting on your seat for 45 minutes. They're going to hear you out. They're going to hear you out. Eh? If they want a good haircut, they <laughs> you know, you got time. One of the first guys that shared Jesus with me was a barber was a barber in Pawtucket. He would sit there, take his time, talk to you. Next thing you know, you're having church with this guy. Why? Because he knows I'm not just a barber. I'm a fisher of men. I'm here to bless people. You know, I'm here to bless people. You know, I love, we have a couple of mechanics in the house. Every time I go to their shop, I feel like I went to church. Because you see church stuff everywhere. Worship music is playing. It's like they understand I'm a mechanic, but I have a greater calling, which is to bless people in this place. So it's not just some of us, I like, pray we get this. Because sometimes I feel like we, we think it's some people have this calling. No, he said, come follow me and I will teach you how to fish for people. It's not some people. It's all people who say yes to Jesus have a calling and understanding that life is not just about what I'm doing to get a paycheck. It's about what I'm doing to reach people and be a blessing in people's lives. Can you say amen? amen. So please write this down. You may not be called to full-time ministry, but you're called to be a full-time Christian. Now, God has specific callings for people to do full-time ministry, but he calls all people to be full-time Christians, full-time followers. Can I prove it to you? Okay, so I'm a pastor, right? Here's what the scripture says about my calling, right? Look, the Bible says this in Ephesians. Go, go, to, my, go to my next verse if you're up there. Your calling is to go to the next verse. <laughs> if, you, if you're up there. Anybody up there? No? Are we sleeping? Okay. You got your why, I got mine, right? <laughs> now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So he says, I, I made you a pastor to equip people. Right? This is why a lot of churches make a mistake where, you ever hear people talk about their pastor? My pastor is awesome. He does everything. He leads worship, he plays the drums, he preaches, he drives the van. (laughs) He comes to every birthday party we have. My pastor's amazing. No, no, your pastor's doing it wrong. Your pastor's job is to equip God's people. Who is God's people? You are God's people to do the work of the ministry, which is to reach people. right? So when, when you hear about superstars, pastors, trust me, they're doing it wrong. If the pastor's doing it right, you barely would see the pastor. Hello, somebody. Because it's not about the pastor. It's about us fulfilling the will of God that he has for our lives. The best pastors get out of the way. And say, you know, it's about us fulfilling the role that God has for us. So you're not maybe a full-time minister, but you're a full-time Christian. Right? This is the beautiful thing, man. To me, this is the greatest adventure you will ever be part of that God is assigning you to be part of his work on earth. So where you are right now is no accident. It's no mistake. It's part of his purpose on earth. Now you may not fully understand it. Trust me, because we don't fully understand earthquakes and tornadoes and all that stuff. All we know is God is faithful. He's sovereign and he works all things out for good. If I'm living in that moment and God will continue to reveal to me why I'm there over the years, I've, done many odd jobs like all of us i never set out to be a pastor never said hey that's my job i'm gonna be a pastor you know some people they tell god how to use them okay hello some people like my job is to just sing i don't do anything else wait who said that i thought your job was to do the work and build up the church in the body of christ like whatever there's a need I should be like, God, sign me up. I'm ready for you to do whatever. Because I never said I'll be a pastor. No, I was doing whatever he put in front of me. And because he says, if you're faithful in the little, and I'll continue to add to it. And so learn to be faithful where you are and trust God to take you where he wants to take you. You got too many superstars in the church now. My job is to just, it's like, can you clean the bathroom? Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. You, you will get to someone's motive very quickly when you tell them to do something that's not on their agenda. Yeah, on. Hello, somebody. Oh, that would preach. That will preach. I remember one time a lady said to me, what do you need, pastor? What do you need? I said, right now the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when I said what you need, I didn't really mean what you need. I mean, like, how do you can use me so I can look good doing something in the church? Come on, somebody talk to me. Because he said the greatest of all will be the servant of of all. We don't know those verses, do we? (laughs) The way my Bible reading is set up, I just read the stuff that blesses me. Oh, hello, somebody. Like right now, this message is going hard for some of y'all because you're like, get to the part where it's about me. Get, Get to the part, the good part. The good part, pastor. This is the good part. You're part of God's blessing on earth. This is the good part. Uh, God wants to use you. My goodness, that's crazy to me. I believe I'm a pastor because they made a mistake in heaven. But I'm going to ride this wave until they take me away. Be like, yo, I just slid in there. I just happened to, you know, he was, they were blessing somebody. I, I was like, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Johnny missed it. I'll take it. You know, because John is praying for the right. Is that God? I'm just like, wait, what what do we need? Let's just do it and see what happens. God's like, you know what? Let's go with the guy that will do whatever. I think that's why you pick fishermen. I think I'm serious. Because you know, fishermen are hardworking people. They're like, these guys, man, they work hard. Let's get some people to work hard and see what the kingdom will look like. As opposed to the people that are going to go pray about it before they do something. You know, I love that. And I want to take the weirdness out of this mission. Because a lot of times, again, it gets weird. People are like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I just want to just decompress this thing. That's my goal. just want to decompress this thing. Simplify this thing. We've made it overcomplicated. Like Christianity is not complicated. Hey, come follow me. Okay, where are we going? Well, wherever I go, you come with me and I teach you as we go. Right? Oh, you're wondering about the truth? Well, look at me. I'm the truth. You wonder what the way is? Well, look, I'm going the way. Come follow me. You, you, you want to know what life is all about? Well, follow me. Like, it's not hard to follow Jesus and look at Him and see where He's trying to take us. Right? The problem is, if we're not following Him, of course everything is complicated. Like, how are you going to follow someone if you're not following them? Like, I heard a great quote someone said, if you think you're leading and no one's following you, you're just going for a walk. Hey, that's true. That's all you do doing. I'm a great leader. What are your followers? They'll catch up. <laughs> you know, no, it's about following him, right? If Jesus is true, if he is who he says he is, hello? Put him on speaker, let him get this message. Put him on speaker. <laughs> Might as well. It's on them, you call me a church, boom, there you go. (laughs) That's where I'm at. You know, lost my train of thought though. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to have to come back here. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Listen, church, the ultimate mission of the church is to rescue people. Anything less than that, it's not the ultimate mission. We do a lot of other things, but the main focus is to reach people. That's why, again, it burns me up when people are like, what kind of church are you? Is this going to fit my thing? What is your thing? I'm all about God's thing. Like, can we, can we do God's thing? <laughs> you know, let's do God's thing. Because it's not about the style of worship. It's not about fellowship. All those things are great. But guess what? The only thing you won't do when you go to heaven is reach people. So what do you think we should be doing now? That's the only thing. you worship forever, the Bible says. Which, when I was a kid, I was like, that sounds like a nightmare, not like heaven. (laughs) Being a church service forever. (laughs) Then I realized that he's not talking about music, he's talking about a lifestyle. You'll be in the presence of God forever, doing his will and his purpose. you never have to worry about anything else. (laughs) That's what worship is. I just set a lot of people free. You're like, I don't want to go to heaven. We're just going to sing all day. No, 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 no. Singing is one expression of worship. Your lifestyle is a worship unto God, okay? Because you can sing beautifully and not worship God. You could just be singing. Hello, somebody. Worship is what's happening in the heart, in the mind, in the soul. Like, I'm yours, God, and I get to be with you. So the only thing you want to do in heaven is evangelize. Who are you going to reach? Yo, you saved yet? Well, we're here. <laughs> it's questionable, but we're here. You know, the Bible says some people would just make it. I'm not making this up. But people, like, some people just make it. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to make it. Just, I just made it. But that's the point of church. We cannot lose sight of the mission. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. He said, I don't come for the healthy. They don't need a doctor. No one goes to hang out at the hospital because it's fun. You ever hear somebody like, hospitals. my favorite spot to hang out. I just love it here. I like the food. No, we don't go and hang out to the hospital. We go because we're hurting. The church is like a hospital. But guess what? What do, what do people do after they get well? They go home. What does Jesus say to people when he heals them? He says, now go home and tell them. Go tell them about this God that healed you, that restored you, that saved you, that blessed you. Go spread the word. Don't keep it to yourself. So you don't have to be a professional Christian. You just have to be a willing vessel. You don't have to have it all figured out. I want to decompress this thing today. And, and I came across this video to kind of help us. I want to just put things at ease because I want this to be as practical as possible. It's an everyday thing that God has blessed us to be part of. Amen. Amen. Are, are you good up there? Are you sure? Like I want to pray for you? You got the video? Okay, go ahead. You can play the video. <laughs> I hope that's helpful. Because, again, we've overcomplicated this thing where God is just saying, like, you follow me, and I'm going to use you. You follow me. If you have a heart for me, you're going to have a heart for people. Because you can't love, the Bible says you can't love God without loving people. it, It goes hand in hand. And so this thing is not complicated. And I want to give you some practical things. Please write this down. If you're serious about your mission on earth, like you're here for a reason, you're here for a purpose, bigger than just yourself, this is how you do it. Okay, just some practical things. am not going to cover everything. Just some practical things about fishing for people. Or in other words, reaching others. Reaching your world. You have a world of about 8 to 15 people that you deal with on a regular basis. But look, first thing is this. We fish don't talk to you. In other words, they don't communicate. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. It's not what you say or believe. No, don't go there. you are get in the head. This, this is not part of this. I'm going to pray for you, whoever's up there today. (laughs) You're not following. Just let them listen, okay? Uh, And put some lights in the house because I'm losing a little bit of uh, audience over here in the middle. Get some lights in the house, please. Uh, Listen, fish don't communicate. Here's what I mean by that. It's not what you say or believe. It's your actions that's attractive to people. We can say a lot of things, but if people don't see that we care, it's just empty words, You know, the Bible says, listen, if someone is hungry and you go by, then you say, God bless you. Did you help him? He says, show me your faith and I'll show you my works because faith without works is, is dead. See, it's not how much you know, it's how much you care. Christianity took off when Jesus left. You know why? Because people said, wait, these guys, they don't just really talk about it. They actually are active. That's what was attractive about the Christian faith in the beginning in the Roman Empire where, in other words, a pluralistic society full of religions and and full of philosophies. They're like, the Christians stood out. Why? Because they were people of action. In the Greek philosophy, they would talk about the meaning of life all day long and do it again the next day and the next day and the next day with no action. But the Christians came on board and said, wait, actually, this Jesus makes us do things to help people. And people are like, wait, that's different. Well, nothing has changed. We live in a pluralistic society. There's many religions. There's many philosophies. But what stands out is the people of action. Have you noticed, who are the first people usually to take action when there's a hurricane? The believers. We usually lead the way. Go do your homework. What do you think we have, Red Cross? What do you think we have, all these things that that we have today? It's because of believers who said, we're going to take action. When there's time to take action, can you say amen? So people care about what we do, not what we say. That's what I'm saying. Like, what a waste on... Facebook, these these Bible fights. <laughs> you know, it's like, who will win in that way? We're just making noise. Can you say amen? Number two, you don't catch anything with the wrong bait. What's the point of bait when you're fishing? Point of bait is to have something in common between you and the fish. If you don't have the right bait, the fish is not interested. Yeah. Right? If we don't establish common ground with people, then they're not interested. Yeah. Right? Because... We attract people by who we are and how we deal with them, right? Listen, so, listen, establish common ground. That takes time. And you want to hear something crazy? It takes being a friend. Please write this down. Never over or underestimate the power of being nice. See, I got, I got some people who want to know the Bible, but they're not nice. They use the Bible as a weapon. You know, they know so many verses, but it's like, can you just know one verse? Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Yeah. If we can just do that and watch what God will do. You know? What is common ground? There was a, <laughs> church is funny to me, man. I love church. Not a very dull moment. One time we had to tell a guy, like, you need to stop talking to new people. Because every time they come around, all you're talking about is demon possession. What's wrong with you? Like, They knew. You don't start with demon possessed. You start with, hi, how are you? How you doing today? How'd you hear about the church? You know what I mean? You establish some common grounds. And if you like sports, talk about sports first. Like bring someone in close to you that you have some things in common before you get to the book of Revelations. Come on, this is practical stuff. Just be nice to people. Establish some common ground like you care about people because people... Care about people who care about them. <laughs> Three, it takes patience. Right? When was the last time you went fishing you put a timeline on it? You can put a timeline on it, it doesn't mean you're going to catch anything. I'm just going to be here for 10 minutes. I tried. You know, so like, I tried. I, I tried. I know I tried. There's no timeline to reaching people. Do you think Jesus didn't know that some people would not be on board? He still came. You can't force it. You can't force it. One of the worst things about Christianity is force religion. You Can't force it. If you have kids, you should make them come to church. But you can't force adults to go to church. Four, it takes consistency. I have to keep showing up if I'm serious about people. Every opportunity to share and invite is a great opportunity to share and invite. I don't know, this might shock you, but my wife was not into me right away. Like, this, is, it's crazy to think about it. I know, I, I, get, I get your reaction, I get it. Like, like what's wrong with her? Right? But 15 years ago, when I was approaching her, she wasn't into me. I remember one time, you know, I was check, trying to take her out on a date. we in college. You know, you know, you, you taking someone on a date in college, you, that's a big step of faith. You have no money. <laughs> get what I'm saying? We're on our way. We, you know, I'm thinking, you know, we get to the restaurant, but I'm seeing her face. It's telling me all the wrong things, things that I don't want to see. So I asked the wrong question. I said, what's wrong? <laughs> someone got it. Like, <laughs> You don't ask a woman what's wrong. Nothing. She said, I'm not feeling it. Like, what? After we drove all the way out here? You could have told me that in the parking lot. And we left without eating. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm mad and hungry. You know? But it took some consistency to get her to see, like, what are you doing? You're missing out in life. Like. Don't get no better than this. You know, 15 years later, she can't leave me alone. You know, took some consistency. You know, you don't have five kids just by chance. Okay. So you got to be consistent. Care about someone. You stay in their lane. Stay in their life. Be available. Amen. Next thing is know your fishing area. Like know your stuff. Here's a great verse about being a fisherman. I love this. I, I pray you take this, put it in front of your whatever you work. You like see it often. Watch this. Wait, right? look at the Bible says about reaching people. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle, in a gentle and peaceful way. Can we put this all over Facebook? Like all the time, every day? Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. That's awesome. That's awesome. But you got to know your stuff. Church, think about this. When you're making a decision about life, you do homework, don't you? You don't buy life insurance without doing some homework. You don't go, oh, that, that will do. No, you, you, you research. You make sure you get in the best life insurance. When you buy in a house, what do you do? You don't just go, I don't even have to go in. That's the one. <laughs> I know it. I just know it. I don't have to go in. When you buy in a car, you don't just go, up, oh, that's it. I don't care what mileage he has. I don't care if it's been an accident. No, you do your homework. And these are all temporary things. How much more should we do our homework about eternal things and know what we're talking about when it comes to the will of God? Like, if Jesus really is who he says he is, shouldn't I know everything I can about him? Because I can't say I'm trusting someone with my eternity I don't know anything about. Like, that should be the conviction of the believer. Like, this is his real agony. Like, when I got saved, I was 20 years old. I said, man, this thing is awesome, but I want to know everything I can about this Jesus. In the next three months, I read the entire New Testament. So I was like, I'm not going to put my hope on something that I don't know about. And some people are in church all their lives, they've never read it. It's like, how are you going to have a conversation with someone you don't know who you're talking about? That's the point of this thing. It's not to argue who's right or who's wrong. It's to know the heart of God and to know his will and his purpose for your life. So when you talk about it, you feel confident that you know who you're talking to. And some people say, the Bible is complicated. Keep reading. It will explain itself. Guarantee you. Just keep reading and watch it explain itself. And if you're having a hard time reading Leviticus, just move on because we all do. If you don't know the book of Revelation, trust me, you're in good company. None of us do. But the stuff in between are awesome. Okay, Read the gospel. Read about Jesus and John. Read about him in Matthew and Mark. Read about Paul and how he established the church in, 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 in these places that were pluralistic society with so many things going on. We think the world is bad now. Gosh, these guys lived through some crazy stuff. But one common ground, they loved God and they loved people and they kept pushing for the will of God <laughs> to be done. couple of more listen fishing right write this down fishing is relaxing if you're doing it right yeah. if you go out fishing you come back stressed you did it wrong <laughs> like fishing is supposed to be the most relaxing thing yeah. right translate that spiritually if you are doing life with the holy spirit then it just flows yeah. you don't have to force anything it's about divine appointments Can I encourage you with something? Can I actually challenge you with something? Get up every day and say, Lord, use me. Don't do anything else. Watch your prayer come to pass. You'll be surprised when you just say, Lord, use me. It's the worst and most powerful prayer you'll ever pray. Because he'll take you for real. I'm telling you, just pray that. Like, Lord, use me. You're like, uh. All of a sudden, people are like, hey, what's going on with that night's hope thing? Oh, you don't. uh -uh." No, God will put people on your path. Because you know what the Bible says? It blows my mind. Read it. He said, by God looks to see who, who can I, who can I trust and invest in to take this thing forward? Yeah. If you can use anything, Lord, can you say, Lord, use me? Yeah. Use me. Like he's looking. He's looking. Some people miss it. Because listen, two people can be in church. One person can live blessed. The other person lives the same. Because they never said, Lord, here I am. This is why we have to be careful not to turn this thing into about us. Like what's it in for me? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say that? He said, what's in it for them? I'm coming after them. I'm coming to reach them exactly where they are. Can you say amen? amen. Fishing is relaxing. Pressure is off when you're walking with the Holy Spirit. Because it's not about you. You can't make people get saved. This is why we have war on Facebook. Because people are thinking, I have to show you and prove to you how right I am. By the time you're done with them, you were right. But you didn't win anybody. I want to keep saying this every week. The goal is not being right. The goal is being righteous. That's the goal. It's to be like Christ. It's to to build bridges, not burn them. Because our goal is not to save people. Our goal is to be just available. That's our goal. We're putting too much pressure on ourselves when you're thinking, I have to do this. You know there's no such thing as perfect evangelism. You will never do it right. Right. For some of you, you're like, I never know what to say. You're in good company. Jesus said, I'm the one that put words in your mouth. How are you going to get words in your mouth? Because you spend time reading it, and what you're reading comes out of you. Listen, it's just facts. If you spend time every day listening to the radio, you're going to talk about what's on the radio. If you spend time every day on Facebook, you're going to talk about what's on Facebook. If you spend time every day reading the Bible, it's going to come out of you sooner or later because whatever comes in... Comes out. I'm thinking about doing a message called Garbage in, Garbage Out. Because that's the reality. We put garbage in where you expect to come out. Oh, it's amazing how negative I am. I wonder why. We are what we eat. So if we hear it's going to come out of us, we don't have to worry about it. God will take care of it. Th- Listen, I see people get saved in the worst possible manner as possible. Okay, let me give you an example. There was a guy, he really was trying to put this message into practice. He went out trying to talk to people, but he, he, he just gets nervous. He added a little index card with the prayer on the card. He's like, I have to keep rehearsing this thing. So he went to <laughs> one guy. He's nervous, uh, stuttering, Couldn't read it. The guy's like, can I read it for you? The guy read it for him and got saved because the guy read the prayer, (laughs) okay? The things that God will do if you're just available, right? And then the ones that have the perfect evangelism never win anybody. It's too polished. It's not real. It doesn't speak to the heart. Can you say amen? Listen, I'm almost done. Fish don't announce their arrival. Fish don't tell you, hey, come on Wednesday, around 10. I'm ready to, I'm ready to bite. No, it's all of a sudden. Hey, you over there, hey, chilling. Yeah, you know, it's just going on. (laughs) Hey, you could have been there for three hours. All of a sudden, here comes the excitement. (laughs) fish like this big and you're like. (laughs) That would be me. No, fish don't, uh, they don't tell you when they're coming. Right? And that's the beauty of walking with God. You don't know when the opportunity is there. It's all of a sudden. I know for me, it was all of a sudden one day. I didn't go thinking, that's the day I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I went for the girls. Don't you look at me like that. You know why you came to church in the first place. The girl was the bait. Jesus was like, you're thinking too small. I got something way bigger. <laughs> telling you, we don't know when it's going to happen. But I do know this. If I'm in it every day, coincidences begin to happen. If, I'm, if I have the right heart, I'm telling you, divine appointments begin to happen. Fish never tells you when they're arriving. Yeah. Right? Remember one time, when I, one of the many odd places that I've worked, because my conviction was, when I got saved, I was like, God, wherever I am, you're there. And if you're there, there's a reason why you have me there. Yes. And not every day something crazy happened, but it did happen. I can tell you, every place I've worked, I've seen God work. Yes. That's so good. I was working in a hardware store, and, and I was talking to this guy, and, and I would just come in and talk whenever I get a chance. I'll talk. I'll talk about what God's doing. I'll talk about what I'm reading. And this guy never gave me anything. <laughs> just every day, like, like, some of you guys, when I'm preaching, you're like, you give me nothing. <laughs> some of y'all, I can't spend two seconds on you. I'm like, well, who's got faith? <laughs> <laughs> who's got faith <laughs> you know but this guy gave me nothing weeks months are going by one day one day I can't even tell you what day it was it wasn't behold this is the day one day he says to me hey uh, huh, I want you to know I've been reading Job I said Job he goes yeah in the Bible I was like oh Job okay he goes, uh, pretty interesting stuff. And that's it. <laughs> Moved on. <laughs> a few weeks gone by again. He comes to me. You know what he says to me? This is a guy that never gave me anything. He says, hey, I want to thank you. Thank you for what? Everything you've been saying It's been hidden home for me. And it's changing my life. I want you to know I went to church for the first time last week. It was because you kept coming to me and you kept speaking to me. And I'm like, for real? All of a sudden, one day. I can't tell you what day of the week it was. I can't even tell you what time it was. All I know is we were working, and he told me that. And the week after that, he says, come to this church with me. I want you to tell me if you think this is a good church. I'm like, it's pretty good, but it's not us, though. Like, we're we're amazing. Like, this is, I didn't say that. Come on. He's joking. Y'all are too religious. Pastor, you being prideful. No, no, no. Side note, this is an awesome church. Okay, this is an awesome church. Last thing, don't discriminate. We all think we know who's going to get saved, and then they don't. We think it's the nice guy. The guy that never swears, that's the one. That guy is so prideful, he's not ready. But you find the knucklehead broken, hurting, disappointed with life. He's like, yo, let's go. I, I, I need something in my life to make things better. Don't discriminate. I'm telling you, God is funny like that. In, in, in my experience, I worked in a group home with really tough kids. But the truth is they were tough because life was tough on them. And I had some of the best ministries in that place. There's a story that I will tell for the rest of my life of how God uses you on any given day. I worked in that group home for three years with 15 to 20-year-old troubled teens. One kid, I'll never forget, 14 years old. So I would talk to him and he said to me, don't tell me about God. I've had some bad cards in my life. I don't want to know about God. But you know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, just be his friend. Just be his friend. Day after day, I would just come around. How are you doing? What's going on, man? Can I help with anything? We'll play basketball, whatever. And then one day... It was something that I did every year as a youth pastor. I used to, have, I used to host a cookout for 4th of July at my house. Not my, my parents' house, not my house. Like, I, I was still home. <laughs> but I would have someone share the gospel. After we eat and play, I had a friend of mine, I said, today you, you're going to share the gospel. Just share your story. Five minutes. This kid that told me I don't want to hear anything about God gave his life to Jesus in my backyard because I, I was his friend. And it gets better. This is one of those stories like, wait, there's more. Okay, God did so much with the kid, he started coming to church, got involved in the church, fell in love with the girl in the church, got married in the church, went to serve his country in Iraq twice, came back, and then got a job at the same group home where I met him, and I was doing what I was doing for him. Those stories, priceless. For the rest of my life, I'll tell that story. That God will use you exactly where you are. Some of the kids would tell me, F Jesus, sounds onto Jesus. But you know what's interesting? When they heard him, what do they say? You pray for me. You pray for me. One kid I'll never forget, we call him Big Pun because he looked like the rapper Big Pun. <laughs> Wrong crowd. <laughs> <laughs> or too holy of a crowd. Big Pun, no Big Pun. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Big Pun was crazy, man. He had a temper. Big Pun we get into fights all the time. One time, he threw a kid off the window. Like, I'm not kidding you. Kid went off the window. We had to pick him up. Like, serious stuff. One other time, he punched someone, and he's too, he was heavy, and he, his momentum went forward, and he broke his hand on a glass table, cut through, and we had to take him to the emergency room. Big Pun was crazy. But, you know, Big Pun was one of those, like, "Jeez, I want to hear it. But one day, just me and him, because, you know, everybody's a tough guy when they have a crowd. <laughs> just me and him, Big Pun says to me, "What you read, because I was reading the Bible, because it was just me and him that day. I said, You know what I'm reading? i reading the Bible. He goes, Can I tell you something? <laughs> you know how thugs talk. Can I tell you something? <laughs> Can I holler at you? I'm like, Yeah, dog. No, I'm just saying. I'm just... <laughs> he said to me, this, this blew my mind. This changed my perspective. He said, Sometimes I act up to see if you really believe the things you say you believe. So if I wasn't consistent, I would have lost the chance to be a blessing in his life. Because every time he cussed, I walked away. I said, I'll talk to you later. He said, man, that, that just messed with me. He said, right now, my grandfather's battling cancer. Would you pray for him? And we prayed on that table. And then that week, he went to youth group with me for the first time. Why? Because of consistency that he saw in someone that gave him that open heart to say, go with me. I'm telling you. It's the greatest adventure you will ever be in. Not every day something sexy happens. <laughs> These stories come far here in between, but when you're available, yeah. they add up. They add up. Okay? Listen, don't discriminate. Only God knows the heart. I'm serious. Go home. Do your homework. I mean this. Go home. Sit down with a piece of paper and say, God, who are those eight to 15 people that I see every day? That's your mission. That's your fishing ground. Yeah. And there's three categories of people that we usually have in our lives. No, number one, people who don't know Jesus. Our job is to reach them. Yeah. To do everything we can to tell them about the love of Jesus and to keep inviting them to church, to the community. Church doesn't save anybody, but the environment yeah. Yeah. makes it yes. so much better to receive. Yeah. Listen, This week, you have four opportunities to tell someone to come and meet Jesus. Don't come alone. Make it your mission from now till Friday. God, you got to give me at least one. Give me at least one. Because here's the thing about catching fish. It's contagious. You ever caught a fish and you're like, no, let's throw it again. It's contagious when you get one. And the Bible says one, the whole heaven rejoices. And we're believing for hundreds to happen this, this next weekend. Watch your world come alive when you're reaching people. Because you, you come out of yourself. You're focusing on others. And then God fills you for doing that. He's faithful to do that. Right? But there's 8 to 15 people. Some are unbelievers. And then you have people who are believers. But they've kind of lost track. they lost their way. The Bible calls them like lukewarm Christians. They're kind of like losing their edge. And our job is to energize them. Give them a word of encouragement. Maybe for you today, God's saying, I just want to encourage you. Don't lose heart. And then there's the people who are believers, and they're walking with the Lord. And, and sometimes they just need to be a word of encouragement. You're doing a good job. Encouragement goes a long way. You know? And you're like, what about me? Well, guess what? If there's 8 to 15 people in your life, you're part of someone's 8 to 15. If you can bless, God will bless you. If you can reach, God will reach you. If you can touch, God will touch you. Trust me, he takes care of his own. But don't let this message be a philosophical message. Let it be a practical message. There are 8 to 15 people that God wants to reach in your life. I believe it. And if you're lacking unbelievers in your life, your world is too small. I guarantee you that. If we're making it about us and and no more, and I want to just be safe, guess what? These hurricanes are towing us that nothing's safe. Because we're not meant to stay here. That's the message. It's groaning for something better. So don't make it about staying here. This world will never fully satisfy you because it's not meant to. That's the reality. It's not meant to. So we got four chances, church this week, to see someone come to Christ. I pray we make it happen. I pray, we pray every day, God, I'm not going to go empty-handed. One time we, we brought a man to our church named Don Piper. I don't know if you ever heard this book, 90 Minutes in Heaven. If you haven't, read it. It's powerful. We brought him to our church to share his story. He died in a car accident, documented. He was dead, flatline. Medical doctors pronounced him dead. He said, for those 90 minutes, he went up to heaven. And he tells a story of what happened in those 90 minutes. He said, well, one thing that I'll never forget, he said, when I got to heaven, there were a group of people that came to greet me. And he said, after months of of wrestling, why why these people? Because he was in a hospital for months after that. He had crazy surgery. He said, God showed him, these are all the people that played a role in you getting here. So the question is, well, who will be there When is your turn? And who will make it there because you played a role in them making it home one day? Because I don't know about you, but I'm not sure what else matters. You ever watch the movie Schindler's List? True story about the man who was rescuing the Jews during the Holocaust. Man, the, moving, the most moving part of that story is when He's coming to the end and he can't do it anymore. And he's, he look at his car, he look at his ring. He said, man, I could have sold this. I could have sold, I could have got one more. I said, man, that, let, let that be our heart, God. I want to get one more. I want to get one more because at the end of the day, all that matters is people. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But people will remain forever. And you get to be part of the greatest rescued mission that's ever existed is God rescuing people and bringing them home to where they belong, to have hope, to have a future, to have eternal life. It doesn't get any better than that, church. So I leave you with this today as you guys come up. I leave you with this. Take a picture of this because I want you to take this seriously. Okay, go to that last slide. Okay, you can look. I want to leave you with this today. Make a commitment to pray for your world daily. Those 8 to 15 people, pray for them by name. Pray that each one would sense God's presence in their lives. Pray God will draw each one closer to himself. And then watch for appropriate opportunities to discuss, not argue. And demonstrate your faith in Jesus. And lastly, keep inviting them to church. You know, some of you guys are students. My God, I hope you go to school on mission. Because what a waste to spend four years in a high school and not reach one person. What a waste to go to college for four years and not reach one person. What a waste to play on a football team and not reach one football player. Or one basketball player. What a waste to be in a dance team and not reach one. Because where you are is for a reason bigger than yourself. At least you can do is season that place with prayer. Because church to me is a locker room. Yeah. We're here to get the assignment to go and play the game of life. What a waste would it be for a team to come to locker room, get the assignment, and I show up? Just happened. The Patriots yeah. too soon. I'm gonna hurt. Didn't show up. Well, the defense didn't show up. The offense kind of showed up. But that's football. Life is so much sweeter than that. Do you receive God's word this morning to be fish as a man? Be fish as a man. Maybe you're here today. You don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about. Maybe you need to start this. It's come follow me. And I would ask that we don't move around during the time of prayer. It's very sacred. This is a time where we take the word and we make it personal and real. But maybe you're here. You've never had Jesus come into your life. You've had religion. You're a good person. But that's not the point. The point is that you're following Jesus. Do you have a relationship with him? Is he making you come alive? And then the second part is, if you said, come follow me, are you fishing? Do you have a higher calling than just what you do for a living? Because that's the heart of Jesus. It's to reach people exactly where you are. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. Thank you for listening. I hope that did encourage you and that you can share it with someone who needs to hear from God. We're excited about the Nights of Hope that's coming up on September 15th to 17th. Three days of great worship music and powerful teaching on the hope that we have in Christ. I hope you can join us. Let us know that you're coming on our Facebook event page. And we hope to see you soon. God bless.